Hello, hello. Welcome to the Worthy Writers Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten McNeil, a Canadian self-published author and full-service editor for fellow writers. On this podcast, you'll get a look into my personal writing journey and find encouragement to enjoy your own. If you had a good time with me, I would appreciate if you could like, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. All right, worthy writers, let's jump in. Episode number five, writing my first novel. Thank you for joining me after that little delay due to my microphone breaking. I'm ready to release weekly episodes again. I hope you've been enjoying season one of the Worthy Writers podcast, gaining insight into my personal journey and my thoughts on common writing myths. I'm excited to share my journey of writing a full-length novel with you, the process from the initial idea to sending out the manuscript. That's right, I tried to be traditionally published. What moment sparked the idea to write my first novel? I have no idea, but I'm a writer, so it was bound to happen eventually. I know it was in grade 9 or 10 when the story started to develop. Before I get into that... I have to share this memory of trying to write a story as a pantser instead of a plotter with an outline. It could have been connected to my first full-length novel, but maybe not. Regardless, I think you'll love this. Scene. A young girl lying in her bed on top of her blanket patterned with dolphins that she got for Christmas one year and still owns to this day. Dolphins are the bomb. This girl is writing a notebook with those spiral rings for the spine The story is about a girl who is holed up in her bedroom and suddenly her mom breaks down the door with an axe. What? (laughs) Did I just finish watching The Shining or something? Don't know why I wrote that, but I thought it was worth sharing, so I'm not the only one who can enjoy the bizarre memory. Now let's get to the main event. My first full-length novel. The main characters were inspired by the ones in the series of young adult novels called Sweet Valley High by Francine Pascal. Please tell me I'm not the only 90s baby who remembers this. It was published from 1983 to 2003 and included romance and mystery. No clue what the plots of the books contained, but it was about twin sisters. Interesting fact I just read about this is that Pascal hired a team of ghostwriters to complete the series. The only thing that really mirrored in my story from Sweet Valley High were the twin sister characters. It opens with a road trip of them and their boyfriends heading off to college. The book contained a lot of teen drama, a romantic story that ended up in Paris, and absolutely nothing to do with school. I wrote this type of book because I thought that's what would be popular. You see, through my teen years, I watched a lot of shows like Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, and the reboot of 90210. I'd read books by Sarah Dessen, Deb Coletti, and Stephanie Meyer all of which included a lot of over-the-top teen angst, crazy parties that would never actually be allowed in real life, and 30-year-old actors playing ridiculously hot high schoolers. Because everyone was eating up these shows and books like a guilty pleasure, I thought that I could get famous by creating something like this too. Sex appeal, complicated relationships, not a single student attending class because that's not interesting. That's what sells, right? So that's what I had to do. I'm glad I wrote a book like this because it helped me learn how to be authentic. 
Writing popular trends in the hope of being popular yourself may work, but I'm not a fast writer. By the time I would finish a popular trend book, the world would be onto a new trend. This novel was not my best work because it wasn't a genre I was passionate about. Sure, it was fun to write about quirky relationships and imagine myself as the characters, but if I were to keep writing like this, I wasn't going to be happy. The only way I was going to learn those lessons was by exploring, writing, and understanding how I felt along the journey. This was the first and last time I hand wrote a book. I had this pink notebook with a puppy on it and a good amount of lined pages to write a full novel. It was a present from one of my friends, as it was no secret to any of them that I wanted to be a writer. My penmanship is okay, but my hand gets cramped so easily and the pencil smudged on my hand, I didn't like it. I forgot about the fact that I'd have to type it all up when I was done as well. Do you think any publishing house would look at a pink notebook with a puppy on it that included my debut novel? Hmm. Who else thinks that should be a new policy? No manuscript shall be accepted unless it's enclosed in a whimsical notebook or pages with fun colors and scents. That will give us a reason to use those millions of empty notebooks we have lying around, right? Well, anyway, that was a pain, but I thought it would be fun to write my first book in something beautiful. As I wrote my story, I started asking my friends for feedback. That was a bad idea in itself, because friends don't usually know how to give constructive feedback. Not that I knew what that really meant at the time. And sharing an unfinished draft can almost guarantee that you never finish the book. Especially if you take every piece of advice to heart. What I loved about sharing it with friends, though, is that they really loved it. I even named a character after one of the Twilight characters to make my friend happy. She was so excited about it. Did you catch my mistake there? I only sought out feedback and made decisions for my book because I wanted to please others. Of course you want to make your readers happy, but if you're doing it at the expense of your sanity and your creative passions, then what's the point? I always say that balance is everything. There's a fine line between entertaining your audience and writing what makes you happy. Can you imagine if I did publish this teen drama novel and gotten famous from it? I'd be encouraged to write another one and another one. Then I'd constantly be craving the validation that I got from the first novel, yet my quality would slip because I just don't enjoy writing this type of novel all the time. Life is too short to dedicate your life to something that you don't enjoy, especially when you're a creative type. You need the freedom to explore and express yourself, not get locked down into one thing for the rest of your life. For some reason, I settled on the title Bedlam for my novel. I guess because of all the craziness that happened with the twins in their first year of college. Once I finished writing the novel and typing it all up, I started doing research into publishing companies. I don't think I had any knowledge about self-publishing until I was in college. Come to think of it, I don't think I wrote the entire novel in that notebook. I gave up and started typing it because I knew how much extra work would be ahead of me if I had finished handwriting it. Researching publishing companies was extremely overwhelming. There are so many out there, so many submission rules. Not everyone accepts at the same time of year, and not everyone accepts the same genres. 
I knew I wanted to support someone Canadian, but there were limited options. The United States has a much more vast industry for books with self-publishing and small-to-large traditional publishers. At that time, I didn't even know about small or independent publishing houses. I was trying to look for the big names. I made a huge list with the rules of submission beside the names, and then I picked one that was local. I printed out the entire manuscript, double-spaced because of their submission guidelines, and mailed it off. Of course, months later, I got rejected. Thank God, because I later realized I did not want that to be my debut novel. When I read the letter, which I still have somewhere, I was crushed. I mailed them hundreds of pages of my hard work, and all I received back was one sheet of paper with barely a paragraph on it that said I wasn't a good fit for their publishing house. If I had been more dedicated to that manuscript, I probably would have tried to find more places to submit to. But when a lot of submission guidelines required mail only, I wasn't about to spend that much money on shipping when I was only 15. I'm sure there were lots of places that would have accepted a manuscript like that if I had it professionally edited or found publishers that accepted electronic submissions, but this book was just not meant to be published. I think I did receive the manuscript back because I distinctly remember packing it away in a box never to see the light of day. Maybe that was another copy. That was over 10 years ago now, and I've definitely grown up as a writer and have found my unique voice. Without that failure, and that whole experience of discovering the publishing industry, I may not be where I am today, with my own editing business, and soon-to-be life coaching training. I started writing a book I thought would make people like me, thought would give me the validation I craved as a writer. It wasn't a thriller or mystery, which is one of my favorite genres to read, and to this day, I still don't have a thriller book published, though I am working on it. I'm a firm believer in failing confidently, because every failure helps you learn what not to do, learn what you really want out of life. I've published a contemporary short story collection with a goal to open the conversation on mental health, a self-empowerment guide to encourage everyone to live confidently in their lives, a co-written poetry collection with dark themes that encourage you to find the light. Strength from within, Discovering Your Worth, Blooming in the Dark, respectively, are all books with a goal to inspire. That is my purpose. Not my only purpose. A large purpose in my life for sure. To inspire the world and help them overcome their challenges and doubts. One day, I will write a thriller novel, but there is so much more I want to do in the meantime. So much that makes up my identity. A writer's life is one of exploration. We try new genres, new techniques, and meet new people to learn from in the bookish community. Each journey is unique. Each win, each fail is meant to happen to bring you to the moment you're in now. If you take one thing away from this episode, make it this. You have a choice. You can choose what your writing journey looks like. When I was a teen, I thought I knew exactly what type of writer I wanted to be. But as time went on and my experiences expanded, I learned that there was so much more to me than a teen drama story titled Bedlam 
That was just a stepping stone to grow as a writer and as a 10th grader discovering who I really am. Before we end this episode, I'd love to share a few quotes with you. Robert Cormier said, The beautiful part about writing is that you don't have to get it right the first time. Unlike, say, a brain surgeon. I love this quote because in episode 4, I mentioned how in the medical profession, they say they're practicing medicine. Just like writers are on a constant journey of learning while they practice their craft. Writers are lucky because we don't have someone's life in our hands. We control our characters' lives, but when we kill them off, it's on purpose. There's no pressure in our work to be perfect, even if it feels that way sometimes. Nothing is set in stone. You can publish, unpublish, write, and rewrite to your heart's content. The only thing you're putting in danger is the emotional state of your readers when you take them through the lives of the characters on every page. Beverly Cleary said, If you don't see the book you want on the shelf, write it. Anyone can write a book, and anyone can write it the way that they want. You have a story to tell, several in fact, and you shouldn't let the doubts of others or the amount of work it takes to publish hold you back. Your creativity is valuable, it's needed, and if you're passionate about becoming a writer, you should at least give it your best effort. Don't know where to start? There's tons of resources and helpful people out there who will guide you on your journey, like me. If you need help, all you have to do is ask. Write the book that you want to see. You'll be amazed by how proud you feel, the thrill that shoots through your body when you see your name on the cover of a book you wrote. Stephen King said, Quiet people have the loudest minds. I relate very strongly to this quote because I've always been a quiet, pensive person. Some may call it shy. I remember seeing a post once about a parent who didn't like calling her daughter shy. She didn't like putting labels on her child, especially when shy has so many negative connotations. You're too shy, so you're pushed out of your comfort zone before you're ready. Notice how I said before you're ready. Because yes, if you get too comfortable in your situation, you may get stuck in a rut. But you have to make that choice. Choose if you're going to push out farther or stay where you are. On the flip side, you don't have to be super outgoing and talkative and go on every adventure imaginable. If you're too loud and rambunctious, you're judged the same way as a shy kid anyway. Be quiet. Settle down. Kids can't win, and they're all expected to live in that quote-unquote acceptable middle ground. I'm not sure if that societal norm ever goes away. People are always telling you about what you should and shouldn't be doing when they may want to focus on their own lives more. That could take up a whole other podcast, but I digress. I'm not necessarily shy all the time. I just prefer more me time than others. Time to reflect, to explore my own imagination, to live inside my head and search for that inner peace. I'm quiet, observant, ready to explore the world on my terms within the stories I read and write. Asha Dornfest said, I think new writers are too worried that it has all been said before. Sure it has, but not by you. Just like I said with the Beverly Cleary quote, you have a story to tell, so tell it. It is impossible to write a story with 100% originality. But what makes the story unique is that now it's being told by you. 
by your perspective, influenced by your experiences and values. They say there's two sides to every story. Well, I think there's billions. People enjoy reading the same genres and similar plot lines because they get comfortable with their preferences. Sure, they don't like it when it's basically a carbon copy, but when you get inspired to write, a little piece of your heart always spills out onto the page. No one can copy that. No one can replicate your individual passion or the writing style, which is a combination of all the books you've read and practice stories you've written that may never come to light. So please tell your story. And when you're describing what it's about to your friends, tell them. If you like J.K. Rowling, Nicholas Sparks, James Patterson, whatever name you want to use to compare your work, then you'll love my story. We love knowing what to expect from what we put our time into reading. But the surprise comes from the authentic way you are sharing a well-crafted tale. I challenge you to write today. Write something for five or ten minutes that you were too afraid to before because you thought it was bad or derivative of another book. Just write. You don't even have to share it. Write because you love to write. Next week, I'll dive into a writing myth. A debut novel is a writer's first novel, which I've kind of already busted with this podcast, but trust me, I'll have tons more to say about this. The following week, I'll be back to my personal writing journey discussing my college experience and the process of writing my debut self-published novel, Strength From Within. Don't forget to sign up to the Worthy Writers Club podcast community on Buy Me A Coffee to access exclusive discussions, graphics, bloopers, and more. Have ideas for future episodes? We can talk about that too. Thank you for listening. Happy writing, Worthy Writers! Thank you for listening to the Worthy Writers Podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Share your love and support by checking out my Buy Me A Coffee profile for bonus content and to help me continue building my creative empire. If you'd like other ways to connect, follow me on Instagram, join my Facebook group, or explore my website to learn more about me, be part of my community, or suggest topics for future episodes. All links are in the show notes. I can't wait to connect with you. My final words before you go... Never forget that you are worthy.